Hello, and welcome to another episode of Reason Town. Uh, I'm Jared Forsyth, and I'm here with Mike Grabowski from Callstack.io. Welcome, Mike. Hello, everyone. Thanks, Jared, for having me today. Thanks for being on the show. We uh, this this has been several months in the making. Today, we are going to talk about React Native and Reason and the things that they're doing at Callstack. Um, but first, I want to thank our bandwidth sponsor, TylerMcGinnis.com. Always grateful. And Tyler has a lot of really uh, great resources for leveling up your JavaScript framework game. So, Mike, the the first question I want to ask you is how did you get involved in Reason and what initially attracted you to it? All right. Um, so this is kind of a interesting story that I think, you know, aligns pretty well with the um, ideas behind Reason itself. Uh, so I started with Reason kind of recently um, after, you know, doing React Native with JavaScript for a while. Um, and so I just started reaching out into Reason for, you know, the type safety and the uh, sort of better syntax that was kind of uh, refreshing to me. And I also really like the functional uh, sort of way of writing apps with Reason. So I kind of started, um, you know, experimenting with that just to see, you know, what are the benefits that I could get uh, out of using it. And also, I just like learning new languages. Um, and for many years, I had this uh, problem with learning OCaml. Uh-huh. I had it at the university, but I was so bad at it. I, I don't know why I just couldn't get, you know, uh, an idea how to write programs with it. I remember I had to write a bubble sort algorithm in OCaml, and it was just so hard for me to do. Hmm. Uh, so when I actually started learning Reason, I realized that uh, that I finally understand that, and I and I could, you know, try writing OCaml right now as well. So uh, I think it was partially the fact that I always wanted to reach into that ecosystem, but it's, it's just that it was kind of hard for me before. Okay. And also because, uh, you know, there are so many great things happening in Reason community, mainly, you know, Re- Reason, uh, Reason React developments that I've heard about, all the uh, philosophies behind that. And, and the fact that I've heard Reason React is what React should have been from the beginning attracted me enough to actually give it a go and see, you know, what's the hype all about and whether it's something that I could... Um, you know, get uh, benefits at my day job as well. Cool. Um, and and how has it lived up to the hype? Um, yeah, I mean, I mean, I, I kind of, I kind of, uh, I, I don't feel like, I don't feel like, uh, you know, people were just, you know, saying Reason is great for the marketing. I feel like uh, everything that people have been saying about Reason um, were actually right. I just, I just wish it was more popular uh, because then <laughs> it would be much easier to actually get, you know, real work in that. Right. Uh, we've been trying to get some client work in ReasonML uh, for the past few months, and I'm not saying it's the easiest thing um, to happen, mainly because uh, you know clients generally are sort of afraid of finding um, developers that are, you know, up to learning Reason and um, right. essentially creating apps for them. Uh, but you know, there's just so many great things about ReasonML. Uh, um, that I wish, you know, it was more popular because that that way we could all benefit from all the great type safety and FFI between Reason and JavaScript that could make our ecosystem much better. Totally. Yeah, there, there are a lot of um, benefits that come with a larger community um, that are kind of um, not entirely connected to the, the merits of the language itself, um, but that really help the development process. Um, so the next question, let's get this out of the way. What are, what are your biggest pain points with reason other, other than community not being as large as you'd like? So that's, that, that's kind of interesting question. Um, I mean, 
it's, it's not really a pain point, but it's something that I'm struggling with are the uh, the libraries. I mean, for me, it's kind of fun to write FF, to write bindings using FFI. I mean, I I, I kind of like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and I've been saying that in the past. It, it it's only because I heard your episode on, on on doing that, and that's what helped me understand the concept of you know writing all the uh, bindings between uh, reasonable and JavaScript libraries. But that's the biggest pain point that I see um, developers are having, or it's it's more like they are just afraid of not being able to find a library that they will need to write. Right. They will need to use. And so, you know, sometimes there might be just not enough time to actually um, uh, to actually um, go and, and and create such such bindings. So, in that context, I think you know it's 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 sort of the biggest problem. Rather than that, uh, I mean, I'm I kind of don't feel like there are too many pain points. I can like the things that I like the most. Uh, um, to maybe turn this question to what are the favorite things about Reason <laughs> um, is is definitely uh, is definitely you know the fact that it's just that it has such great interop with JavaScript. Uh, just to give you an example, uh, I've been working on a on a navigation library, and and I was uh, just about to write bindings to a JavaScript library, and uh, I had to pass um, a reasonable variant to JavaScript, and and then I would I I would probably get it back. And my biggest, if my biggest worry was like how this variant is going to get passed in between JavaScript because that's essentially a reasonable construction. So I had no idea how this is going to work. But then I realized it's just an array, and and it's totally sort of transparent for JavaScript. Was the structure it's it's going to play around with? So it's it's like I was surprised to have it working out of the box without any major issues. Nice. And then I've understood that you know the interop is so great that it actually makes it very easy to write type safe libraries with reasonable code that sometimes have to talk with JavaScript without writing a lot of magic to, you know, parse that, encode and decode things, etc. So that was definitely one of the great things. And and the other, which is something that I'm sort of slowly looking into, uh, is the build system. Um, I know there is so many great discussions happening right now about the build system. Yeah. Um, this is also something that I'm exploring in, in context of React Native and how the uh, how how we could handle you know third-party modules um, that contain native code. Uh, so I really kind of like the fact that this is uh, this is you know given a lot of traction from the ReasonML community and that there is just so many great things happening there. Such as uh, just recently I've realized uh, there is going to be a feature called virtual modules, uh, which allows you to create a, a module that uh, can have implementation provided by another module. So think that you are creating a, a React Native library or a cross-platform library for rendering your uh, your mobile your apps on, on some platforms. And so you can just create a placeholder like an interface and a third-party module can dynamically provide implementation for that interface. So you can just install another package that will allow your main package to render your code to, for example, iOS. So that's kind of interesting also. Uh, from the cross-platform perspective, yeah, very cool. And we're we're touching on some of the uh, exciting things in React Native. Um, but before we get there, um, can you give us a little background on your experience with React Native and CallStack? Yep. Uh, so my 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 React Native story starts when I was uh, creating Ionic apps with Angular. That was many years ago. <laughs> um, I think many of us remember that, but um, just for the you know those who who started you know uh, front end development kind of recently uh, before React and React Native essentially uh, the only way to write mobile apps 
when I was starting was to either go fully native or to use a web view like solution where you would essentially drop a web view inside your app and render HTML code, so, so, sort of a web page that looks and, and fakes the, um, the behavior of a mobile app. So, uh, so I was playing around with that. And I remember uh, one day when I moved to London, that was, uh, uh, by the way, you know, just interrupt me when I'm going too deep into, you know, the story. <laughs> but um, yeah, I mean, when I, when I moved to London, and I think this is very important because I'm, I'm, I'm out of Poland and, uh, you know, Poland, I mean, now this is changing, but a few years ago, we've been historically always sort of a bit behind US as far as technology, like we are not early adapters, um, given, you know, the, the market and what we are working on. But when I moved to London, that was uh, totally a bit of fresh air for me because um, I had to write a mobile app and I was given time to do a proper research. How can I do that? Hmm. And since I had literally no knowledge about writing mobile apps on Android, I had a little knowledge how to write apps on iOS with Objective-C. I started, you know, researching the opportunities of writing cross-platform apps. And it was just the right time when React Native got announced. And I was like, wow. I like that concept, I like that idea. I know a bit of React, so I immediately just downloaded the alpha version. I convinced my boss and um, we went uh, to production of this app and that's how my React Native um, sort of experience started. Wow. And you know, since this was the first production app that I've ever done and that was like a very, very early uh, release of React Native, uh, I was also one of the developers in the community um, to sort of, um, start taking active part in the open source life yeah purely because i was given time from my employee employer to do so uh to maintain the apps um so yeah that's that's how i you know uh sort of got around react native and and, and spent almost past three years uh in there working on various bits and pieces and then um you know when i get when i get sort of um full of requests how we could like when i started um doing react native um more on, as a full-time activity. Um, I also started working on releases, helping uh, the community and Facebook team to sort of um, keep the React Native growing. A lot of people were reaching out to me, you know, uh, interested in, 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 in me helping them out as far as, you know, building apps or maybe solving some bug fixes. And since there was just too much request for me to handle at a time, uh, I felt like, wow, this might be a great idea uh, for company. And that's how um, the Costag idea was created to essentially establish a, a consultancy that can spread the world the word about cross-platform software. So that's what we are doing up to this day, um, you know, sitting in the cross-platform space, uh, writing mobile apps and, and desktop apps for clients and basically helping them migrate from um, uh, multiple code bases to a single code base. And React Native uh, is the reason uh, why I'm here, because obviously it's one of the best um, technologies right now on the market to do so. And that's why we are exploring uh, React Native and, and ReasonML and, and, and technologies um, like that. Yeah. Um, and at Khan Academy, we use React Native extensively. And we are very grateful for all of the open source work that um, you all do to help um, with documenting the change log and helping with React Native releases. Uh, we very much appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you very much. I, I mean, it's, I, I, I think it's very important to, to say that given the, uh, the amount of, uh, you know, angry people that we often get in the issues. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it's like a nice case study that one could do by just reading um, through the React Native, um, you know, issues. Yeah. But that's, uh, 
a topic for another podcast, I guess. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Um, yeah. So tell us about um, BS React Native and React Native and Reason and what's coming up. Uh, sure. So, uh, so a bit of history. Um, so when we started looking into ReasonML, um, obviously, you know, how we can write ReasonML uh, apps, uh, mobile apps was the first question that, that, that came up during our discussions. We started looking, you know, around the, the solutions and we found out that there is BS React Native um, maintained by um, one of my friends um, from Poland too, which was a very, very uh, surprising and exciting at the same time thing for hmm. me. Um, and so, um, and so, yeah, we started, uh, we started looking at that project uh, and, and, and we started contributing to it, uh, trying to make it more, uh, more developer friendly, uh, to have more documentation, to be easier to onboard. Because there is that notion that, you know, all the BS libraries on GitHub are very, very cryptic. Like you open them up and sometimes you have no idea how to get started. So sure. uh, we wanted to change that and, and make it super easy. Uh, so we've been working on that quite heavily. Um, I call that uh, the V1 version of BS React Native. Uh, we've been working quite heavily on that um, to make sure that we have bindings to all the components, to all the APIs, and that everything works as smoothly as possible and that you can get started quick, kind of easy. Uh, so this has been done um, by the community and with help of um, some developers at Callstack. And I think we are you know, at the, at the very nice stage where we can actually uh, create uh, re React Native apps in ReasonML without major issues. Awesome. Uh, I mean, there might be some problems, uh, but it's it's something that you can easily handle. So the V1 version um, of BS React Native is, is sort of done. Uh, we are switching to maintenance mode and, 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 and sort of looking into the future, um, which is, you know, the V2 version um, or the V3 version. We have this... Uh, unofficial split of versions that we are using uh, to refer to uh, different concepts that we are prototyping with PS React Native. Okay. Um, so um, so that's as far as current stage of BS React Native. Um, the other thing is navigation, uh, which is, uh, you know, a crucial thing for every mobile app. Yeah. And also something that uh, is not answered yet uh, as far as ReasonML and React Native. Right. Um, so... We've been working on. Um, we are we are working on right now on um, on creating a library that will allow you to um, navigate throughout your ReasonML apps, and this is perfect example of what I've been always saying that uh, creating ReasonML bindings to JavaScript library gives you perfect opportunity to reflect on the API and to improve it in some places. Yeah, you know that way that way you can sort of get rid of all that JavaScript T things that you have you know that affect the api um and this is pretty exciting like um like for example react navigation if you are familiar with it mm -hmm. uh has a static configuration and requires use of classes for example um and also has many different ways of setting up configuration for a route it's it's kind of it's kind of flexible it's kind of easy but at the same time you know you can get lost kind of easily due to many options. Right. Um, so for example, with ReasonML, we, we, we are not just making bindings to it. We are sort of uh, iterating on the interface, trying to, um, trying to make this interface um, more ReasonML than JavaScript. So using a lot of variants, um, typing everything from the ground up and 
this gives us a lot of great benefits um, that you can't get with flow type, for example, right. as far as I know, such as uh, when you have a navigate function that, you, that, that is supposed to basically navigate you to a different route, we can have this fully typed as far as like we won't let you navigate to a route that doesn't exist or to a route that has uh, that requires params and you not and you do not provide that right so um it's sort of solving a lot of pain points um that that we had um as far as creating navigations with react native and say for bs react native uh like animated api uh we sort of spent a lot of time typing that so that you know um you can't make a lot of dumb mistakes uh, such as um you know there is the 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 animated value that you can interpolate and you know after after you interpolate animated value the documentation says uh, as a result you receive animated value as well uh, problem is these are not the same animated values i mean the, the the parent class is the same but they are essentially different and once you interpolate animated value you can't pass that animated value to animated to, to a function like timing or spring function so it can give you a lot of cryptic errors uh, oh. reason ml we have typed that so we sort of um, uh, differentiate these two uh, between them and if this sounds like totally crazy for for anyone listening uh, that's just proving the fact that it's good to type that so you don't have to spend time thinking like why i'm getting this error where in fact we are just doing animated value operations which obviously should be allowed right yeah so yeah, kind of helping, you know, avoid pretty silly mistakes uh, when you're just starting out. Yeah, I've found when when writing bindings for JavaScript libraries, there are often a lot of opportunities to to make the API make more sense just because Reason has um, more tools, more types for describing data. Yeah, yeah, totally. Um, I totally agree with that. Uh, what's, what's, what's more... Uh, when I was writing typings to libraries that already ha had types, for example, there was a library typed with a flow type or TypeScript, I've realized there are places that are not typed and nobody knows about them. Right? It's just that I found that out when writing bindings. So, so there is something you know about ReasonML type system that makes it much more comfortable and confident for you to write uh, your apps. Totally. And, 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 and even if you write type definitions in TypeScript for a React Native library, you know, these sort of issues that I just talked about are not handled. So there is a tiny difference uh, between these these two um, languages as far as types. Yeah. Yeah. TypeScript and Flow, they still have some holes um, yeah. because they're, they're trying to be more um, closer to JavaScript's runtime, whereas Reason gets a clean slate. Totally. So um, that's that's a little bit about the the past of BS React Native and BS um, React Navigation. You you gave a a hint um, just a little bit ago about uh, native compiled Reason modules with React Native. Um, what's what's the future there? Um, yeah. So um, so that's that's pretty much the reason why why I got so so excited about Reason ML. Uh huh. Um, I mean, you know, there, there is that very, very strong push towards cross-platform compilation that you immediately feel when you get to ReasonML community. <laughs> and I love that. I love that, like, everybody talks about that. It's not a second-class citizen. It's just that everybody thinks about that. And that's exciting. Yeah. Um, 
So, uh, so the future, the future of React Native in ReasonML. Um, I said that uh, that we just finished the, the the V1 version of BS React Native. Uh, I'm not sure if it's released as a V1, but that's how we call it internally. Mm-hmm. And uh, and uh, we have uh, we have an end goal um, that we are trying to get into uh, that involves some in in, in between steps. Um, so the ideal scenario that we've been prototyping is to have um, a browser-like API uh, that will allow us to essentially render any language that we that we would like to use on the front end uh, to mobile, web, or other platforms. And um, we are trying to get there um, throughout many, many middle steps to basically get the community with us and provide a gradual path for them to upgrade as well. So, um, so what we are trying to do right now, which is also uh, that hint that I was giving on Twitter, is that we are trying to um, um, make ReasonML um, talk with React Native over the bridge rather than JavaScript. So instead of writing bindings, we're trying to use ReasonML on the front end and uh, whatever it is right now on the back on the back end, so on the native side. And once that gets working, we will be trying to. Uh, essentially skip the bridge. So make ReasonML um, render natively um, in the places where you want it. So um, yeah. many people that are you know, prototyping cross-platform solutions right now, uh, they are thinking that we should drop JavaScript because that's the, that's the, that's the problem. I actually think it's, a, it's an opportunity because uh, thanks to JavaScript uh, running there in a browser context, we get so many great libraries, benefits, and ecosystem. And dropping that uh, just for the performance entirely, uh, you know, would sort of put us on par with libraries like Xamarin, I guess. So um, I think that having this um, as a feature, not as a requirement, such as you can choose what parts should be native and what parts can be uh, in JavaScript, or maybe what what parts of your components can be written that way, is a very exciting opportunity. Yeah. Uh, the reason, yeah, the reason that we sort of uh, have stopped. Um, I mean, we've been struggling to progress uh, in the in the in the past weeks, uh, mainly because of the uh, actual rewrite of React Native that's happening right. called Fabric. And it's going to change so many things that it's just very hard for us to you know start. Um, Reason for that is that currently React Native has the bridge, and whenever JavaScript uh, is calling uh, a method, it goes over the uh, the bridge, and, and and then it's mapped to a native routine, and that native routine is executed. Mm-hmm. Um, with the um, Fabric rewrite, you will have the uh, the ability to call native APIs directly, and so um, we started with the first approach. So we started with the bridge, but we are thinking right now to just go uh, with the Fabric infrastructure because that's that's a bit easier for us uh, to just bind to those native methods directly. Oh yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I mean, long story short is that ReasonML uh, and OCaml ecosystem for me is pretty exciting um, ecosystem to explore as far as cross-platform capabilities and the fact that OCaml can you know target many platforms uh, and ReasonML thanks to that as well, it, it makes me really excited to explore these uh, these opportunities. Um, I know we are not the only ones in the community uh, because there are um, projects um, like Brisk uh, where right. they are trying to write everything from the ground up. Um, and that's totally fine. It's just that we think that uh, having that React Native um, compatibility 
uh, will be um, will be pretty handy. So the 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 so the so the plan, the long term goal is to get rid of the um, the the JavaScript part of React Native. Because if you look at React Native itself, it's pretty nice abstraction. I mean, mm-hmm. uh, the the concept of the bridge, uh, native code, and uh, declarative uh, declarative framework on the front end, uh, it's it's pretty nice. Uh, it's pretty nice abstraction. And so there is no reason to couple that to either React or to iOS and Android. It would be great to have this abstracted away so that you can use ReasonML, uh, you can use Vue.js or other technologies. Mm-hmm. And the API can be provided in any language that we want. So ReasonML could be a great language for providing that support. And that's why we are looking into that. Okay. So um, can can you paint a picture for me of what you imagine it would look like? You, you talked about having parts of a component or parts of your <clears throat> app in JavaScript and part or, or compiled to JavaScript and parts of it compiled to native, what, um, how would that work? Um, sure. So, so just, just, just one disclaimer, like I'm still learning a lot about these things. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so right now I'm at the stage where I have a lot of, um, ideas to validate. Uh, but you know, if you ask me about my, uh, OCaml and reasonable tool chain, I might be struggling to answer. Uh-huh. Uh, however, um, the way we imagine that, um, because it's not just me working on that. It's it's also a few folks from the community, uh-huh. uh, mainly uh, Ulrich and Greg, but I can't pronounce their handles. I hope they uh, forgive me that. Um, uh, so um, I, I would imagine, I, w- I would imagine you being able to just, uh, for example, write an API uh, in a separate file or use, uh, or use uh, I don't know, um, yeah, like just start with a separate file. Like this is the native API. This is the file that has that has the ability to call into native code. Mm-hmm. It can use um, some native APIs. It's like you would. It's like you would probably um, work with um, you know buckle script APIs. Um, and you know instead of working with the uh, reasonable um, like Bolt library, uh, Bolt library, right? Okay. So it's, yeah. it's sort of it's sort of up to you. What are the tools that you choose? If you start calling JavaScript APIs in this file, this probably should be um, you know JavaScript interrupt by default. Uh, I mean, like like component, for example. But if you have some some code that you'd like to run natively, such as uh, I don't know backend API or maybe native modules, um, that would be pretty interesting. Um, one thing that's really that's really great about that is that, for example, right now. Uh, React Native requires you to write uh, in three languages at a time if you are thinking seriously about launching the app. Yeah. Such as you gotta learn JavaScript and then Java or Kotlin and Objective C or Swift. Right. Um, so, uh, so what we could do about that is instead of writing in three languages, you could write your native modules in the same language. Yeah. Such as Reason on the native side and Reason on the JavaScript side. It would be pretty much similar. It's just that you would use different APIs. Like on the native side, you wouldn't be able to call JavaScript APIs, uh, etc. Uh, but that would help, you know, lower the entry barrier for people for sure. And yeah, who knows what would be next? Maybe once we have both parts in Reason, we could drop the glue code in the middle as well. So the whole idea of this concept is gradual approach. Like, mm-hmm. like we we are just too early from the end goal to be able to say, okay, this is the idea that will work out because it may work out or or maybe not. So 
We know that you know there are other pieces of React Native infrastructure, such as the bridge, the JavaScript API, that we would like to replace. Mm -hmm. uh, so right now we are at the beginning. We have bindings, so just a, just a very very thin layer on top of JavaScript, and we'd like to get rid of that first. Yeah. So the ultimate goal is to be where I said, but in the middle we also have pretty exciting places, such as dropping the whole JavaScript API and writing TypeSafe reasonable API from the ground up, mm -hmm. maybe rewriting the bridge. So it's pretty it's pretty exciting. It's just that we need to be very careful because, you know, there's a lot of fundamental changes uh, happening to React Native as well, right. um, such as view managers, uh, which are uh, the abstraction for uh, rendering um, native components inside React Native. If you ever written a native module or were thinking how you can render a native component inside React Native, you are most likely going to work with a view manager. Mm -hmm. And this is going to change entirely. Like you will be using a totally different code and abstraction for that. Right. So it's just very hard for us to rewrite when we don't know where's the end goal. Yeah. Um, but you know, one day we will be uh, ready to do it. And until that happens, we just keep exploring and learning how, how we can actually approach that. Fascinating. Yeah, it sounds like there's there's a lot of um, exciting opportunities there. Um, if so, for the people that are listening and thinking, "Wow, I really want to get involved in this," um, what are what are places where y'all could really use some community contributions? Uh, yeah, so we have created the Reason React Native Discord server. And um, this reason React Native uh, Discord server is where we keep talking about anything and everything related to React Native, uh, ReasonML, and native development as well. Awesome. So the first thing, the, the first thing to get started is to just sign up there. Uh, I think I can send you a link after uh, the podcast. Okay. And um, just reach out that you have uh, some time that you'd like to help, and 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 that would be pretty exciting. Um, I, I can only recommend that. I mean, I mean, I'm I'm totally sometimes getting very very bored about my daily tasks, and so <laughs> have having that great ability to be you know part of something bigger, uh, have that uh, creative thinking with others, uh, like you know how we shape this API. This is not something that I ask myself every day. Mm -hmm. uh, so being able to shape something that others might be using in the future or might help others uh, is pretty exciting. And, and, you know, if you'd like to, you know, have uh, an impact and be part of, you know, the, the, the community and the future, uh, that's, that's the best thing you can do uh, with pretty much minimum effort. Super. All right. We'll put a link to that uh, Discord channel in the show notes. Awesome. Um, any, any last words? I think we've, um, well, <clears throat> uh, do you have any final, uh, things you want to say oh well um i can only ask you every ask everyone for uh checking out bs react native uh giving it a go uh it's not really that scary um some people are saying you know uh reason the metal plus react native that's like uh two early stage technologies mixed together that's <laughs> that's asking for troubles uh but it's not uh and if and if it is uh i promise you to the i promise that there is uh, that the community the reason community is very helpful i'm pretty sure jared you agree with me yeah like like this is the this is the only community in the world where you can get an answer to your question on, on the chat server under like five minutes <laughs> this is exciting like i've never been part of such helpful community 
And I'm really thankful for you and everyone who've been, you know, building ReasonML from the beginning for creating uh, such a friendly and welcoming environment. Well, I'm I'm glad that's uh, that's your experience. We we put a lot of effort into that. Well, thank you for coming on the show and telling us all about BS React Native and best of luck going forward. Thank you very much. I'm looking forward to the episode and to the others coming up as well. Thank you.